Right, hello and welcome back again to the Football Index podcast. And today I'm rejoined by the first ever guest that I had on, Bonza Betts, or formerly Bonza Betts, now known as Bonza Index. And I'm rejoined by Footy Index London, who is a veteran in the Twitter space and also just in general on Football Index. But first of all, I just want to shout out to everyone who's who's asked for Vaney to be on the podcast. And now that... Um, RC has revealed that he was, in fact, Vaney. You guys can go back and, you know, actually listen to Vaney on the podcast, which is quite funny. But uh, yeah, so Bonza, formerly Bonza Bets, now Bonza Index. What happened with the name, mate? So um, I actually still am active on both accounts. Um, I believe it was around December or January when the transfer window um, was obviously active in play. Um, and sort of my, my main account was filled up with like fancy football um, betting like accounts and um, strategies and all that type of stuff so I thought instead of going through 1,500 people um, I thought it'd be better just to simply just make a new account um, dedicated to football index obviously um, certain members of the FI community and other news outlet other other news outlets Oh, fair enough, man. Yeah, I guess uh, probably the easiest thing to do, but glad to have you on board as a, an official index oh, account. Yeah, I forgot to say thank you very much for having me back. Um, it's been a long <laughs> time since we had our last chat and uh, I have to say your podcast has come a long way since then. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that, man. And thank you so much for being the first guy coming on. I remember it was quite impromptu. I think it was like on the day I really wanted to release some content and you were the person I called upon and I knew that I wanted to create this podcast and, you know, there's clearly gone from strength to strength and and uh london what about you how are you doing man yeah i'm good thanks um for those that don't know me my twitter handle is uh index ldn um i've been on the index since december 2015 but only really started taking it seriously in in january 2017 so just over a year um in that time um i've made just over 15 grand in profit from a 4k investment and have since um realized a bit of that profit as well which is quite nice so the same as what bonza said it's, it's good to be back on the podcast Vic. yeah good stuff man thanks for coming back on to to drop drop some more knowledge i think it's it's good to have people that can be regular voices in the community and i'm trying to like instigate that into the podcast as well but we'll start off this this podcast by talking about no, nothing else rather than triple media buzz and i think for for a lot of users this has been their first rodeo kind of during um triple mb and you know i've actually been surprised the first couple of days it was actually quite volatile because you know players were going up quite a lot because of you know where they were placing in the rankings but it's kind of quietened down now but w- what's been your tactic ldn during this period and uh you know like what what have you done to kind of either you know alter or morph your portfolio to suit this this kind of period so I haven't actually changed too much. Um, back in, I think the middle of November, I adapted. I did. I did a lot of stuff to my portfolio to kind of make it a bit more focused towards performance buzz and to short term trades and stuff. And that's that's worked really well for me since then. Like every every single month, bar one, has I've made more profit than I had in all of my previous months of being on the index. So. I didn't for for like a two week period. I didn't really want to change much in my portfolio. Um, I've got a couple of players in there who tend to be quite good at media buzz, but as Lux had it, they've not really done much over the the last week or so. Obviously, we've still got another week to go. Um, 
but yeah, I guess it's been. I don't. I. It's it's hard to describe. I I didn't really expect, um, there to be such a domination by a small group of players i mean i've always should, voiced... should just to interrupt you should we have expected it though because there's like you know all the high ipos and and so many players that they're in that two, top 200 bracket that pretty much like aren't really going to threaten mb mb wise i mean I, I saw the buzz rankings today there was sergio ramos like he's never really going to come into the top three is he uh, there are only about 15 to 30 players realistically that can get it and maybe only 15 of those can actually really challenge like day in day out on a triple mb day in in the international break to get into the top three yeah i guess like it was always going to be um less competitive than it was say a year ago but i didn't expect it to be this focused on such a small group of players and i, I kind of expected there i know i know what i've said in the past about um England players picking up media buzz and it not happening as much as people thought they would. But I did expect players like Jack Wilshire, for example, to to do a little bit better because logically um, he should have been a bit of a hot topic. But Mo Salah's form seems to have trumped that and the, the, the media hasn't really focused on the internationals at all, really, over the last week or so. Yeah, I mean, just to piggyback on Jack Wilshire there I mean there was the the evening where that interview came out with him about you know Wenger telling him last summer that he could leave and I thought that was going to be like a, a sure thing for I mean I didn't buy for the next day but I think I thought it was going to be like a sure thing um, for him to be at least in the top three because of course him being an England international having six months left on his contract being like a kind of Arsenal through and through bloke and Wenger saying that to him I thought that was going to be pretty big news but didn't even you know it didn't even scratch the surface really did it um no not at all i mean before because on that same the following day the his injury news broke and before that happened it was only on about 400 buzz points and it had that injury news not broke he definitely wouldn't have won mm, media buzz on that yeah, day. yeah exactly it's you know classic jack though isn't it just <laughs> getting an injury to steal a buzz but uh yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna throw over to you bond so what what's your what's been your tactic during this kind of like intermission should we say from from pb really yeah so um similar to ldn really my my um strategy hasn't really it hasn't really changed um as such um i'm my portfolio is sort of um, based down the the lower end of the market i'd say like the one to three pound um bracket so personally i haven't been i've been checking obviously the the uh, media buzz rankings daily see you know ronaldo up there or he's uh, my most expensive hole at the moment um, surprisingly don't hold Neymar or Messi um, but yeah I, I honestly um, I think it's it's in terms of I'm going to go away from dividends here and go on to, to price rises I think it's great um, already given as we've seen in the uh, the England game um, some great opportunities um, for example Lingard I think he he rose 35 pence or something so I mean and I think he got a yeah on the back of that uh, uh, media buzz did he come second yesterday? Or um, I think he returned five p in dividends as well. Um, but as I said, yeah, my portfolio um, is currently based, I'd say, um, more so towards um, Champions League and Europa League. And obviously, I believe there's going to be a few weeks between the end of season, so mid May to mid June, um, before the before the World Cup, obviously 
kicks off. So I think, you know, obviously, um, as you said, there's, a, there's about, what, 15, 20 max um, players that, that are sort of always up there to potentially win um, media buzz dividends. So obviously you might see more of a shift towards the end of the season for the, for the what, three, four weeks before um, the World Cup, where I, I assume it's going to be um, triple, triple media. Triple day, triple um, day media. Um, but I, th- I think on the, on that point for the four weeks before the World Cup, we might actually see a few players who are kind of transfer linked to to win some actual media buzz. Because over the last summer, I think we saw uh, Thomas Lamar, Navi Cater. Um, I'm trying to think of others that that won quite a few media buzz. Even even Bakayoko, I think when he went to Chelsea, uh, not been very successful this season. But um, I think when he was moving, that he did he did win a couple media buzz when he did move to Chelsea. So I mean, we might see a bit of a shift then. It's it's more of a worry for me that it's the same guys winning every time during these international breaks. And I don't say worry as a trader. I say worry as in terms of the health of the market, because I don't really see it in FI's interest to, to keep this kind of thing going on. And I was, this kind of actually goes on to my next question. Do, do you think bonds are that next into the next internationals that we have, maybe this time next year, um, do you, do you not think it's in FI's interests to actually instigate PB for international breaks? Yeah, I mean, I I, I actually hadn't thought that before until you mentioned it, but um, it's it's a I think it's a, a solid idea. Um, I think most traders will be aware that it's not in um, Football Index's best interest in terms of media. Obviously, with the introduction of performance buzz, we saw a lot of volatility on the um, on the platform, and obviously that means co- that leads to commission. Whereas you know. The top, the top 15, 20 potential um, prospects of winning media, um, sort of, I wouldn't say I sat on, but uh, sort of um, returning, you know, returning dividends and obviously costing FI a certain amount of money. But there's not particularly a lot of um, commission um, sales going through, unless obviously there's an injury, as we've seen with with um, Neymar and Kane. But yeah, I definitely think it's in um, it's in football index's uh, best interest to implement something on the lines of a um, PB for internationals. Yeah, fair man, makes sense. What are your thoughts on this topic, LDN? Yeah, so for for like the qualifiers, a hundred percent, because it's it's competitive football. I think they have to be careful what they do if they're going to do it for friendlies as well, because in my opinion, that opens up a whole can of worms. Like, how can how would you, I don't know, how would you justify doing dividends or performance buzz for um, for friendly games and not doing it for, say, the FA Cup or the Copa del Rey, for example? And then if you're going to do friendly PB for internationals, then why wouldn't you do it for preseason type things? So I think for qualifiers, 100% would be a really good idea. And I think it would also create quite a lot of volatility because if France are playing Liechtenstein, French players are gonna are gonna boom over a, a certain period of time, so you could potentially make some short term profits off of that. So, um, I guess the similar with Champions League and Europa League, where there can be a bit of an imbalance in competition, having PB for World Cup qualifiers could open up kind of like the same kind of opportunity. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really good point, uh, particularly with the the can of worms uh, side of the argument. I think that's uh, really interesting because I hadn't actually thought of that. Uh, I do actually think that they should inst- like instigate PB for the cup competitions as well. I don't really see why they aren't. 
uh, doing that. I know it probably you have to source the data from somewhere else, etc. Um, with regards to um, uh, qualifiers, I do think that's that's a really good idea as well because it also gives certain players you know a, a different dimension in terms of value there's certain players that perform really well for their countries don't perform as well for their clubs i think we've seen um andre silva this season at ac milan for example he's got two Serie A goals in his debut season however his scoring record for portugal is is exemplary so you could have some players who do really well for their country and not that well for their clubs or do really well for their clubs and not that well for their countries so then they have these kind of cycles where the money flows from player to player depending on if it's you know during league times or during uh these international friendlies which which is really interesting um but i i do want to move us on slightly and we're we're going to come back to uh talk about media buzz etc because ldn i saw a post that you made which is incredibly interesting uh, and it was a tweet about defenders and you mentioned that defenders could very well be undervalued last time we spoke so i think you had a you know a few stats that you wanted to fire away on the pod yeah so um i mean for those who don't know me and fig were having a conversation uh, a couple of weeks back and I, I mentioned just in passing that i felt that the defenders were were significantly undervalued. When you look at like the, the amount of dividends some of the top defenders have returned, they've returned more than players like De Bruyne and and all of that stuff. But then Fig fired back with um, obviously game winning goal for defenders is huge. So it, it it kind of initially when you just think about it, it does seem like it's going to be diff- more difficult to to win dividends with defenders. So I had to look at the data just to kind of see if there is any evidence for kind of just what I assumed, I guess. So bear with me. This might be difficult to kind of take in as I speak, but you can find the, the tweet. I tweeted out on the 17th of March on my Twitter page. If you want to have a look at it, it might be a little bit easier to um, to understand. But basically, as of the 1st of November, which is when the squad was opened up, so there was a, a bigger pool of... Um, people or players competing for performance buzz to make this analysis a little bit more fair. Um, 87 different defenders, including goalkeepers, have one performance buzz and 89 different midfielders have one performance buzz. So straight away, you can see that there is actually a smaller pool with it obviously being two players different, a smaller pool of defenders and goalkeepers that have won dividends than there is midfielders. Um, and to make the analysis a little bit more fair, um, I also looked at how many of these players had won performance buzz twice or more, um, just to make sure there wasn't like two or three defenders that had won it a lot and then loads of defenders that had just won it once. But there have been 16 different defenders that have won performance buzz twice or more. And there have been 15 different midfielders that have won performance buzz twice or more. So even that, I guess I'm not going to say that defenders are, are better at winning performance buzz because the difference in the numbers is one and two. But on the flip side, if the stats are basically the same, why are not the, the best defenders four pound like De Bruyne is? And why why aren't all of the all of the defenders that are in the the one pound to two pound range that are pretty good consistently for performance buzz. Why are they not in the 
in the two to three pound or the two to three pound fifty range, basically. So I just think there's a general consensus in the in the football index community that it's more difficult to win performance buzz with defenders and goalkeepers, whereas in fact it's not. Um, and I will say one more thing that's going to go against what I'm actually saying um, is that I'm fully aware. I actually know I haven't done this analysis, but I'm ninety percent sure that midfielders are more likely to win a star player than defenders. So that gives them a slight edge in value, but I don't think it represents the differences that we see between goalkeeper, defender, and, oh, ignore goalkeeper, defender and midfielder prices. Wow, man, dropping some knowledge there. <laughs> it's certainly something that I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't aware of. Um, I, mean, it, I mean, you can't really argue against those stats so one thing i would say is that we do have a relatively small sample size all right november to what are we now in march uh that's not that much of a season uh i'd love to see these stats again maybe next november when we have a full year uh but what i would say some of the some of the defenders who are very good for performance buzz um the likes of marcelo and danny alves uh they're not exactly getting any young younger and uh, for some reason, I think that plays kind of into the into into the thinking of the the average football index trader, where you're looking at a player like Kevin De Bruyne, who's who's 24, world at his feet. Um, you know, is going to be up there with the PFA Player of the Year nominees, and um, and probably going to be a, a Ballon d'Or contender or up there with those kind of players in that bracket within the next year or so. Are they looking at that kind of? Um, that kind of novelty and that kind of special player because a lot of these defenders they might not actually be that glamorous the likes of Otamendi for example do you think that that pay, plays a kind of part into it and also some of these defenders when they when they do move for big fees say um they may not see as much hype behind them as some of these midfielders so potentially if we look at it as the whole package, then maybe some of the, the price differences are justified. However, if we just look at them purely PB, and I think that's hard to do unless you look at players like Danny Alves, Marcelo, and then um, for midfielders, maybe Danny Parejo, then yeah, I, I don't, it, it's harder to kind of compare, compare all these players unless they're like purely, purely PB, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think to your points, I definitely, I definitely agree with like the, the age seems to make a huge difference with people investing in in players. Um, I can understand it with Danny Alves, I guess, because um, even though he's got another year on his PSG contract, um, he's not really playing in a competitive league. He might be suffering from, I don't know, he might not have that drive anymore. And if Brazil win the World Cup in in July, he may decide that that's, that's enough for him. Um, but with players like, I don't know, Marcelo, um, for example, like he's not going anywhere, and unless you're kind of holding players for three years, which I don't advocate <laughs> at all, um, I don't see any reason why you can't invest in him for a season. And if you look a little bit further, so Alexandro, um, he's re- he's returned forty p in um, in performance buzz, which is a, a, more than a lot of like the 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 PB favourites type thing, and he. Not only is he young, um, but he's also going to get transfer rooms this summer. So, like, there's there's two reasons to hold him, and he's still um, he's still priced lower than a lot of um, players that I would deem as as less valuable or 
of equivalent value type thing. But um, I'd be I'm I'm interested to see because from my point of view, there's there's not much point in going heavy on PB players now because the season's nearly finished. There's going to be a change in who's valuable. Um, but I'm going to be really I'll be really interested to see what happens over the summer to see if there is a shift in where people put their money because I think if the community picks up on on what if if this data is correct and if if the community picks up on potential defender value then there's still a huge opportunity in the market for people who think that they've got to football index too late because that's <laughs> that's all I hear from there yeah from, it is strange isn't it like the, the, the too late <laughs> argument always because you know if I have a player at one pound and he's now nine pounds if if you buy him for nine pounds you've you've exerted more capital but if he drops by a pound we've still lost the same amount and uh you're, you're then looking at whether or not you you feel like the money in the index is yours and i think the the only way to to trade properly is if you always think like this is my money to lose like it's it, it, you know like as in i'm i'm comfortable with losing this money if it happens worst case scenario but like this money I, I want like this is my money if that makes sense because if you do kind of always think oh well it's not my money like I don't care at all what happens with it then it kind of may affect your decision making slightly but Bonzo I just wanted to get your kind of viewpoint on this defender discussion and whether or not you think first of all that this trend will continue and second of all like how ma- how much buzz do defenders have to win to kind of be seen in the same class as midfielders price wise. Yeah, so I probably um, fall into the category of being one of them short-sighted sort of traders that maybe undermined um, certain certain defenders and the top defenders in terms of returns compared to midfielders. Um, and I think, obviously, LDN does tend to put out a few bits of data, tweet them out here and there. And I'd say that has sort of changed my perspective on um, the top defenders and their returns compared to midfielders and strikers. Um, however, I will say, um, I don't have this data to back um, my my point up, but I think for I think uh, you guys gave De Bruyne as a, an example. Um, De Bruyne obviously has sort of the performance buzz aspect um, in terms of returning dividends, um, and also arguably has a, an ex- to an extent um, a, a decent chance at media buzz. I, I mean, not necessarily, but more so than maybe Dani Alves or Marcelo would have. So. Um, I certainly do think defenders in the summer won't potentially drop as much as people think because certain people that have um, interpreted the, the, the data that LDN's tweeted out and other people have seen and potentially jump on, you know, defenders. I, I, I do personally think we'll see uh, um, come next season, start of next season, we will see um, defenders higher priced than they were last season, higher priced than they are now, personally. Um, I think Otamendi's a, um, a good example, like a bench line example of how the top defenders can actually return as much in, in dividends in um, performance buzz as midfielders and strikers. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was um, IPO'd in November. Um, so, I mean, I think he's, LDM will correct me if I'm wrong again, but I think he's returned the most dividends out of all defenders, which is quite impressive, I have to say. And you've got to, you've got to argue that he's still got um, a few Champions League games and, and obviously the, the remaining nine, ten games of the season in the Premier League. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, he's he's been he's been really impressive, hasn't he, Otamendi this season, just in general uh, and PB wise as well, obviously. But um, I, I'm really interested to see how some of these PB superstars do at the World Cup and how I think RC has mentioned this quite a lot on Twitter, um, talking about how some of these players are going to be going into different systems with different managers, different players. How are these players going to perform? I think it's it's kind of been. A lot of players or users on Football Index have just kind of assumed that they're going to ref- like kind of, you know, just uh, mirror their form from league football onto in- in the international stage, which, as we all know, like often isn't the case. So it's going to be really interesting, for example, players like Otamendi, who have uh, so much possession in Man City, you know, highest average possession in the league by distance, um, most passes in the Premier League by distance. Going into an Argentina uh, who, who might not be so possession orientated, who may uh, the possession may be you know kept with Messi higher up the field slightly, uh, and then we talk about also like you're playing in a group stage against teams that that may just have a go at you. Um, and then as soon as those three group stage games are over, you're going into the knockout stages, which is kind of like anyone's game because it's like a one-off game and anyone can win. So I think a lot of people who are kind of buying players for PB for the World Cup and looking at existing scores, those are kind of thrown out the window to some extent because you're looking at completely new set of variables and stuff. And I wanted to get your opinion on that uh, as well, guys. Um, So, yeah, so I think... With that, obviously, I, I agree 100% um, that just because a player does well for a club doesn't mean he's going to do well for a country. And personally, um, if anyone does get burnt from it in uh, during the World Cup, I don't actually think there's any excuse because the data the data is available and it is out there. Um, and there are apps that people share on the FI community that people should, kind of should be aware of type thing. And um, it's easy to see who would be performing well um in their in their relative teams and an example not even down to um performance by scoring but recently uh Miranda the Brazil center back saw a bit of a rise um had people looked back at Brazil's qualifiers you would have easily been able to see that Miranda is the Brazil coach's favored center back so by doing a little bit of research and taking your time to kind of have a look at what's gone on in previous competitive international games, you can kind of get a good idea for for who may see a bit of a rise type thing. Um, I don't want to go on too long because I, I, I echo exactly what you've, what you've said, Vic, but um, I, if, if you do your research and if you don't, don't follow the, follow the, the sheep on you don't be a sheep and follow what people say on Twitter then I think you're more likely to to have a profitable summer than if you are to to kind of just follow what what other people are doing yeah precisely I echo all those sentiments really what about yourself Bonzo what's what's your um, perspective on kind of like people who are investing with the with you know with the thought that PB is going to be exactly the same in the World Cup um, yeah, I think my 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 standpoint on it is that it really is sort of an unknown territory as such. I don't think we've we've gone through obviously a, a Euros or a World Cup um, on the index where there has been um, performance buzz implemented. 
obviously, I mean, you can go to on SofaScore, the um, app, for example, and look up previous previous stats, passing, tackles, interceptions, blah, 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 um, for specific players. And um, LDN mentioned Miranda. Um, I think there's been a few discussions from me, him, and a few others on Twitter about... Yeah, I was, I was going to yeah. say, I saw you tweeting about Miranda, so I thought you'd have a, a hot take on this subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I also saw another conversation, I believe it was uh, yesterday or the day before, um, a few people talking about how, obviously, dividends um, drives the platform and... Um, Obviously, without dividends, um, there you know there would be no there would be no index really. I mean, yeah, where's... few 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 funny conversations yeah, about that. Yeah, I, I did find I, I found them amusing. <laughs> um, I mean, and I think uh, I can't remember who it was in particular, but um, in response to um, I think I, when I tweeted about Marinda, um, someone came back and I totally agree with them. To be honest with you, um, saying you know he's obviously up against Marcelo and Alves, and I you know who are in the past have shown they're, they're, they're capable of scoring, you know, 200 plus um, score, um, on performance buzz. However, um, you know, if, when, you, when you look at their prices and you compare them to players that they might be playing alongside, personally, um, I expect like obviously a small, you know, 20, 30% rise, um, maybe not in weeks, but maybe a month or two um, in the run-up um, to the World Cup, um, purely because, I mean, say Marinda's, originally 60p and you've got Danny Alves on two pounds there, there is a chance and I, I personally think um, Brazil are up there are the favorites to um, actually progress and go to the final and if not win it um, so you, you'd have to think how many, how many games will will Miranda potentially play and he, he's supposedly um, their first center back I think he started like 17 out of the 18 qualifiers they had um, so personally I saw value in there and it I, I, I totally, obviously, I totally agree that um, dividends drives the the, um, the prices of players, and obviously their potential return in terms of dividends um, will um, will evaluate to obviously what their certain price will be. Um, but yeah, in in the case of Brinda, for example, I'm not claiming that he's going to be a, a dividend machine or anything in the summer for Brazil. It's the speculation, isn't it? It's it's a speculative market. And if you're looking at players that are far, far cheaper than their counterparts, because like, and to, to those who, who do say like, right, so Marcelo might be more likely than, than winning PB than Miranda. And I'm not advocating buying, selling either of these players. I'm just using them as an example. If Marcelo is, I don't know what he is now, like 180, something like that. Yeah, so so uh, I'm going to say 180 for the the ease of maths and Miranda's 60p is is Miranda three times less likely to win PB, right? Because for the outlay that you're paying, you're paying for like kind of you know that percentage chance of winning PB in comparison to to Marcelo. So then you're looking at like pound for pound, who's better for PB? And then that kind of drives a totally new question. And so that's that's kind of why sometimes it frustrates me when I see conversations on Twitter about comparing certain players like uh when you're when you're talking about PB especially because if you're paying 10 pounds for a player, you expect a certain amount of returns, right? If you're paying £1.50 for a player, then you should probably, when investing, probably expect 10 times less returns than that player who is £10. And that kind of makes sense when you put it into those perspectives. But I don't really think people kind of think that way. And so sometimes it's it's hard for people to say, like, well, why would you buy that player when X player is more likely to win PB? It's like, yes, but he doesn't have like 
he he's not going to win it every single time. Like if you replay one game a hundred times, Marcelo isn't going to win it every single time. He might be more likely than Miranda, but you know, there's again then to counteract that, there's the price difference, and that is why there is a price difference. But I want to move on, actually, guys, and I'm going to move from one tweet to another. And this was something I tweeted out uh, a few days ago, and I didn't really know what reaction it was going to kind of garner. Um, <laughs> I was quite scared, actually. I thought I was going to be hounded by the, the Football Index community. But a lot of people really enjoyed this idea, and a lot of people didn't like it, uh, kind of what I was expecting. And the idea was basically to add a short-term kind of add-on to the platform where it would be kind of like a fantasy football uh, game or part of the platform where on a PB day you can pick a squad with like a £20 entry and that squad would have to you know be £20 at maximum value so you'd be buying like one player per position but you wouldn't actually be owning the futures you'd just be you know paying that uh, £20 kind of fee to enter this not raffle but enter the competition and then at the end of the day the the points are totted up and then whoever comes in like the top 10 percent uh gets a payout and whoever comes in the the next 10 percent gets um gets their money back or something like that and the rest of the 80 percent is kept by football index and used to do the payouts and then they keep the excess and the only reason that i kind of posted this was i felt that, that it would be probably good for football index as a business to have another stream of revenue so that there would be like less pressure on commission being the sole generator of income in terms of this business model right so as i mentioned there was like a lot of mixed responses and i just wanted to kind of explain what the intent was and that was less strain on commission being the money earner um and but interestingly enough like veteran traders were quite open to the idea um but like a lot of the newer users and i know like kind of when there are new users or not because sometimes they message me and etc uh saying that they are new and they they need a helping hand etc um but like i was quite surprised that they weren't as privy to this idea uh but what i was going to ask you guys what do you think if anything football index should do after they fix the bugs and, and get an android app out and push this place to to as many countries as possible what do you think there should be like another short-term imp- implementation to the platform <laughs> um yeah personally i think i think it was a is a it was a very good idea and something that um potentially football index will be looking towards um implementing like a, a short-term add-on not only um with like a sort of a fancy football aspect um obviously Add another revenue stream for for the um, for the business. Also, you've got to, you've got to take into account that um, fancy football is played by you know sort of that aspect is played by millions of people um, in the UK alone. And you think in terms of um, potential you know customers wise, I think we're we're one hundred and twenty thousand um, uh, like signups at the moment. But you know that could really open up to a, a much wider audience. Um, yeah, one thing that you obviously just touched on just now is the fact that um, maybe veteran traders like the idea more than new traders. Um, I think it's important um, to understand that not only are we on the on the platform, we we you know we're we're happy when we make money and blah blah blah, but it's also important for um, for Blindex to to increase revenue and obviously look towards making a profit. Um, I think that's as important as our, our own success. Um, maybe veteran traders that have been on the platform for one, two, or more, even more years will have a um, better understanding than that than maybe 
traders that have come in. Yeah, no, um, this I, I year. couldn't agree more. But I, d- I do also think that the reason that I say I was surprised was I thought new users would be would kind of jump at the idea of of being able to make money from a from a shorter or, or a smaller amount of money, if that makes sense. Because a lot of the complaints that I see is that well, I don't really have the money to buy the Neymars and Kings etc. But I really want them. Uh, if if you do strike gold one week uh, and and do win a lot of money on on this payout uh, or whatever implementate short-term fix that they could add then you could then pump that into the players that you actually really want which is kind of the argument i was giving a lot of people were saying i don't really see what benefits this has to the platform and one of the answer one of the answers i gave was well you know they could make money and then put it back into the platform (laughs) one of the answers i got to that was simple answer no which, which I didn't really understand personally, and I'm I'm not knocking the guy. I just didn't really understand the the response. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, what about your thoughts on this this kind of quite sensitive subject, LDN? Yeah, I was I was surprised that that people didn't like the idea because at the end of the day, if you, if you don't if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. Like they're not forcing this. Uh, they wouldn't be forcing a new concept onto you and. If anything, all it would do is there, there'll be a portion of traders who are currently trading that will that will enjoy it and will will engage in it, and then there'll be another set of what we would call new traders who potentially don't like the idea of um, kind of making a decent amount of money slowly, gradually, and want to get that that quick fix like you do with a with a, like a ten pound acre where you. You bet on you bet on fourteen teams and you win a grand type thing. That's people love doing that type of stuff. So why shouldn't football index tap into that? Because it, even though football index is revolutionary, a first of its kind, it can't it can't stand still and just stick with what it has. Like if you look at if you look at all of the other bookmakers, um, they're constantly coming up with new ideas. So like the new one this, or I think it's this season that I've seen a lot more of is the request a bet feature. So just just because the bookies are making a killing from um from people who who bet on i don't know what we call like standard markets and stuff doesn't mean they're happy with with what they're getting at the moment and football index should 100% be looking to to open up new streams of revenue and for me this idea that, that you've got fig it's still unique because it uses the performance buzz element of of football index so it it's it's still it's, it's not really is it links to fantasy football, but in my opinion, it's not a copy of it because it's using Football Index's own elements of share prices. And but also, wouldn't wouldn't it make people more aware of of who the the PB winners are or the regular ones are? Which which I think would would kind of tie in directly to the index, of course. Because if you see certain players performing really well, then you can be like, oh, why why aren't I actually invested in this player on the actual index? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Why not? It's like if if some if some geezer give, is the reason that you've won the the I don't know the the idea that you've had, then yeah, the yeah, jackpot. There you go. So they might end up buying into the player that has that has won it for them. So it opens up that too. Um, and the other side of it is that I've when I spoke to people separately about your idea in another group chat, there was a lot of conversation around oh but we haven't even got an android app yet so they should do that first and it's like well maybe 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 that's right but there's there's a couple of sides to this it's like 
how much revenue is is an Android app going to bring in? It might it might bring in more. I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not an expert on this stuff. But that so an idea like this might be more valuable to Football Index. But the other side to it as well is that the Android app was promised a while ago, and perhaps if they had an, an additional stream of revenue, they may have been able to afforded to have given you that app a little bit sooner. So I think. Uh, well, I, I spoke to a few um, traders in, in, a, in a little group chat we've got on Twitter. And I think um, after your tweet about the uh, potential uh, short-term add-on, I think quite a few were potentially like some concern that you know money would be going um, into this sort of fancy football aspect type thing. And I don't think they sort of understood that it would be coming out as well. Um, obviously, if you say tw- the top 20, 25% people would win, you know, there'd equally be money coming out sort of paid as a, as a dividend type thing, I guess. And I mean, just like winning performance buzz and media buzz, the money does tend to go back into um, certain players. So it's not a fact, it's not such like a, a fact that, oh, you're going to put £10 into this and it's, and it's never going to be seen again type thing. Um, so I think, you know, touching on that, a few people were concerned about that aspect, but I, you know, I don't think there's much concern there, um, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know or think this was the answer. I just kind of wanted to put it out there and see what people thought about like a short term implementation, because I spoke again, the, the reason why was because I, I spoke to, to Adam Cole about it at the Trader Beat. And they were kind of like, a, he was he was talking about, you know, sh- short-term things and like what they could implement etc etc and a a few of them i just thought were like pretty much quite rubbish ideas sorry adam um uh (laughs) i just kind of said off the top of my head that's what i kind of came up with and he was oh that's that sounds quite interesting etc and i was like you know this isn't the answer but maybe something like this could be added and it it could be quite decent for the platform uh and again yeah i don't think it is the answer i don't know it's the answer i don't know if it's the the correct solution but i do think there, there could be some sort of short-term add-on i think it just make the platform better really ldn you want to step in um yeah i mean i i agree with with everything that you said they need they need to continue to evolve um they need to come up with with new ideas if you if you stand still you're going to get overtaken type thing so um yeah, for me, like you said, the idea doesn't have to be exactly what you've represent what you've put forward. But they do, like with any company, they need to add more streams of revenue. And I'm pretty sure people would rather they add something like that than, say, for example, start selling your data to third party companies and you start getting <laughs> loads of. Um, loads of random emails about stuff you don't care about so yeah or, or adding like a traditional sports book for example i don't know like uh, something like that i mean that, that would probably be like the easiest thing to implement or like spread betting or something like that that you know it would kind of take away from the novelty from football index um i mean i don't really know what their plans are but a few of those things were murmured by a, a few traders that um that the trader meet, which I just didn't think were the were the correct kind of routes to go down for, uh, just from simply from a product perspective. I just think they should keep it as like as as original as as novel as they can. But um, I, I'm gonna stick with the future on this one, uh, as as we've just discussed this potential hypothetical future short term fix for for traders. And w- what do you guys want to see implemented in the future? I know we've talked about bug fixes and Android apps, but um, I, I saw you LDN speaking quite a lot about 
MB scores and, and how we could make the international break a little bit more exciting because it does feel quite like stagnant and boring at the moment. Yeah, um, basically, as, as someone who's kind of like invested lower down in the market, obviously, I, I want to see more movement to kind of create more opportunities to, to make money from price rises as opposed to holding on for, for dividends and that. So, um, as everyone's aware, currently, only the top 200 players can, work, can win media buzz. So, um, we saw from this conversation comes at a good time because we saw from Luke Shaw um, what happened with him when he became newsworthy. He went from being 98p languishing somewhere down in the in the squad. All of a sudden, you wake up the next morning, he's one pound ninety because he's newsworthy. So, if traders are aware of the media buzz scores in the squad, then there's no you, there'll be more reason for them to to push, put money in to push them up into the top 200 and then potentially win some media dividends or sell when you when he gets to a certain point. Um, the other thing that I think would complement this is that currently the dividend cutoff is uh, you need to buy the player before 2 p.m. So you could potentially make that the same rule for the top 200 because quite often a player can be relevant for one day. So buying on buying on the day that news breaks um they'll be in the top 200 the next day but they may not be generating the media dividends so the people that that want to buy for dividends won't be satisfied by this idea so implementing that kind of thing on the 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 scores and the players that are eligible for it kind of syncing the times up i think might be quite a good idea yeah, man, I think I think um, making the squad media buzz scores visible would be quite interesting. Um, I, I think they've always stood by saying that they, they don't want to change the top 200 MB wise. But again, I just don't see it in their interest for the same 30 people to have the potential winning. And um, I guess that the, the top ipo players that they've kind of put in have have actually really badly affected that. Uh, and I know that you want to talk about this in, in some detail as well, LDN. Yeah, so media buzz for me over the last well, over the last week has been pretty boring because it's been the same players winning it over and over and over. Um, and which is again great for traders who own. Yeah, boring for me. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> but but, but I, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, not only boring to you, but basically like from an outside looking in, maybe not as exciting, right? Yeah, that's, that. That's it. And when when you said before that. Um, new traders come on and they want to buy Neymar and Salah and Ronaldo and they can't afford to. They they see them at the top of the the media rankings every day and feel like they need to buy them to to make money, which which isn't the case. So having having a more varied um, set of players, even in the top five, six, seven, just to keep it a little bit fresh, um, would be beneficial. And I think another way of of doing that is by doing something to sort out all the players that they've IPO'd too high that are in the top 200. So I've got a few players off the top of my head, Loic Perran, um, Anthony Modest, Bruno Soriano, Valentin Varda, Mariano. Like the majority of football fans, probably apart from Loic Perran and potentially Anthony Modest, don't even don't know who those players are, yet they're in the top 200 on Football Index. And you've got... Up until recently, you had players like Gerard Piquet and Koke and 
Alba down in down in the squad and all of these players, some of which some of these players are still above them. And there's two sides to it. One side is that the the media buzz could be affected by other players that are kind of more warranted to be in the top 200. And the other side is from a brand perspective, it's like people come on and they see these players in the top 200 and they're like, this don't make much sense. This is weird. I don't think I fancy this type of thing. So um, another, another idea, if they, can't, if they can't remove these players for whatever reason, because obviously if they have ownership, it becomes a little bit tricky. Um, perhaps increasing the... Um, the top 200 to the top 300 maybe that will help them but i know they'll get a massive backlash from that because that's it'll be a, it's a very touchy subject in the um the fi twitter sphere yeah I, d- I definitely think they'd have to approach that one with caution for sure what what are your thoughts on this kind of area uh uh bonza <laughs> yeah no i i do have to say i i do echo um what eldian has said about the the squad media buzz scores being visible um i think Personally, I'd say it's it's good for um, football index itself. You know, you could see, like, probably the best example um, in the past week or so is Luke Shaw, as LDN um, already mentioned. Um, I think obviously you get more money going into certain players, lower, lower end players. If you know, it, say for example, I remember Carrick, for example, when he had his testimonial. I think there was quite a lot of buzz around that. And it's, it's just a bit of a, a random example, I guess. But um, I, I, you know, I kind of remember that and people buying like a month yeah, beforehand. Yeah, just for that. yeah. It was yeah. crazy. I, I, I think I might have been one of them people to be fair in advance, I have to say. But, um, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think a lot of people understood that there'll be a lot of, um, you know, buzz around that. I actually can't remember if there was. I think he, did he win a uh, he certainly had a price rise. I remember that. But um, honestly, I think it could, you know, it potentially benefit most traders. Maybe not the, the um, I'm not going to say buzz hoarders, but the people that hold the top uh, media buzz players. They might be a bit pissed off. I guess I, sh- I should say. Um, I shouldn't say. Um, but but, uh, but at the of, same time, of, um, isn't it beneficial for them in terms of like football index being more of a sustainable market, uh, both both ways, right? Commission and uh, payment wise it's beneficial for them long term um, because I mean if you do have a lot of money invested and a lot of it is in those top players then you above all everyone want this this startup and this platform to succeed right and the only way they can succeed is if they make money and you know as I said before that this current international break situation really doesn't benefit them in any way yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, as we saw, I think Luke Shaw got to one ninety. Yeah, crazy rise. Um, I believe he's crazy dropped rise. off like sixty p to to one thirty. You know, obviously, unfortunately, I think some people might have got burnt in that. Um, sort of, I was very surprised he'd risen a pound by the time I woke up. But um, um, yeah, definitely a lot of. I mean, it just adds to the um, opportunities that the um, index presents. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I think. Uh, it, it's a, it's definitely one for Football Index to revisit, but I do want to talk about one other thing, and that's um, that's Football Index onboarding, right? And and how they actually onboard customers and actually make them aware of of what the platform actually is. And and it only sprung to mind really after I made this um, beginner's guide video, which a lot of people very kindly shared. Thank you. Um, but a lot of people were actually mentioning on Twitter, right? Like these people coming in from Sweden, Canada, Ireland. Uh, wherever they're coming from how do they actually know what's going on there's there's nowhere like accessible on football index which is allowing these people to learn really really comfortably uh and i just wanted to get your opinions on how, how football index should really approach this 
Yeah, um, I, I, I did see an interesting tweet um, on the on, on Twitter. Um, As you do. In the past. <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay, that's fairly obvious there. Um, no, I, I mean, LDN touched briefly on the, on the Android app. Personally, I've got an iPhone, so it doesn't necessarily affect me. But I saw an interesting tweet. I'm not sure who it was from or how they got this sort of information data. Um, but supposedly, a lot of um, the, the Swedish um people have um android compared to iphone so maybe that's something to think about you know, yeah that, that, that is that is something i touched on um in in a previous podcast which i found really interesting i, I don't know how true it is but uh really interesting stuff there um i i just don't know whether or not like uh, and and again one one other thing that really surprised me I, I saw a few polls where i saw how often people use the desktop app and um it was like 10 percent of users which i found incredible like for some things the desktop app is just so much better uh, than the um than the than the iphone app for uh, and vice versa of course but uh, i i was just so surprised that only like 10 15 20 percent of people use the desktop app which was really incredible and i, I think it just speaks volumes for for like where football index have to look for uh look to in terms of helping people actually on board onto the platform it's gonna have to be through the iphone app like whether that's like a little um kind of like a storyboard thing or videos uh like whatever it is like an intro thing um but when you do sign up then so be it but i i think this is some a place or an area that they really do need to um really do need to work on a lot because i've got a lot of messages from people like oh hey mate like sign up for blendex um blah 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 or looking to sign up but um a few of my mates were on for a month and then lost interest like why have they lost interest you really need to look at that and see why people aren't keen to stay on if they are football fans if they are regular betters if they are a fancy football fans etc why aren't they staying on this platform while i do agree with um the fact that football index needs to do more to to onboard new traders I think they they're in a, a slightly difficult situation where, like a lot of about a lot of about being successful in football and football index is understanding the trends, and um, I don't, I don't know what football index could do to kind of educate people about that without being accused of um, I don't know. Yeah, exactly, and they're not manipulating because they are they will be they will be stating fact, but. Yeah, it's it, it's tough because there's there's not much material from Football Index at all. So there's there's a huge scope for them um, making improvements. Um, but perhaps they need to um, have more obvious connections with certain people in the Twitter community. And they, I don't know, they could have verified traders or something. I don't know. This is an idea I've literally just come up with. They could have like verified traders where they're like these people are good sources of information. If you want to understand a lot more about our platform, there are some, uh, I don't know, neutral views from these guys and what they've done to make their money just so that they don't, new traders don't go onto Twitter, follow all the wrong Twitter accounts and, you know, end up having a, a portfolio which they think is great. And then in two months time, they've confused as to why half the players in it have dropped. Yeah, man, I do. I do think that's that's quite an interesting one. Uh, what what are your thoughts on this subject, Bonser, in general? Yeah, I do agree in terms of um, football index having maybe having more material. Um, I think when 
I've had like um, direct messages on Twitter in the past saying, you know, I've just joined any advice, blah, blah, blah. I sort of point them in the way to a few YouTube videos. Um, and also I, I do tend to ask them if they want to join like our, our group chat. Cause um, for me personally, when I, when I joined um, Football Index back in January, um, I remember some people advertising, oh, do you want to join the group chat? Any new traders? Um, and it did really help me. Uh, obviously, any questions, that I, that I, any queries I had um, were sort of answered. And um, yeah, I think overall, I think, yeah, I think I, I do agree with LDN in terms of they might have to, they should have more, potentially more um, like material to sort of ease traders in, I guess. Yeah, I think... Um... Again, that that material is is really interesting, but I, I do also think that like what what I did say in that video about um, Zen, uh, Zendesk and FootballIndex.News being um, being uh, being readily accessible to all traders is quite important, and I do think the game rules should be more emphasised. Uh, like you really should read them before you actually put money into something, right? Like you really should be reading the terms and conditions before you put any money into this thing, which I, I think Football Index don't really, I don't really think they advocate for um, responsible gambling or responsible investing, whatever you want to talk about enough, if that makes sense. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I first joined, I, I do literally remember um, going on YouTube and typing in Football Index and seeing if there's any sort of um, more... Um, experienced traders and what advice they had. Well, now, um, now there is, um, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so now there is, yeah. But I mean, more than a year ago, um, I found myself um, like sort of scrolling through like videos that Football Index, um, their YouTube account had um, put out, and yeah, I mean, there was no real like sort of beginner's guide that you um, sort of um, made the video on last week. There was no, there was no real, you know, material to ease 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 a, a new trader in. Yeah, I think it's it's very important. I think an onboarding process is so really like it's just so important in it for every company. I think um, a lot of uh, companies we do in, with uh, interviews with at work and um, they talk about like trying to gadget uh, grab gadge <laughs> trying to <laughs> try, trying to trying to get a a mortgage and how people will spend days like filling out these forms and how companies are trying to like make it so it's like 30 minutes to try and like actually sign up and and, and get a quote and I, so i see the other side where like you want to get people on the platform as quickly as possible but how do you balance it with actually making it so people understand what they're going into and they are putting money into something that they actually understand i know those are the same things but one second like firstly they understand the concept but secondly like they're actually putting uh, some of these people are putting a lot of money into something they don't understand as well as they should which is a big worry right like which then causes a lot of rises and and falls and a lot of people being being burnt and then they kind of ask like oh well why that's happened why has that happened and you know you kind of if you do make it really clear that when people are joining that you can lose money on here as easily as you can make money if you're not careful so that that area i just don't don't think is emphasized enough yeah i mean i think there's there's two things that they can do um like initially straight off the bat like something that you mentioned uh just before bonds of spoke fig um about the onboarding about people not understanding the rules um i don't know what they do now because i'm not a new trader so i don't see their onboarding process but two very simple things they can do is when you when you first sign up to the app you could have say 
I don't know, five, six, seven, eight screens that you have to flick through kind of before you start, before you get to that position where you can kind of, I don't know, start trading. So obviously I know I know a lot of people when you sign up to a new app or there's been an update and there's a few pages on kind of what's new and, and what's changed and stuff, people often flick through them, but at least they'll be ticking a box in being, a, I guess, responsible in kind of outlining all of the basic rules about media performance buzz why players prices rise and fall and not necessarily the reason it's just the fact that it's supply and demand because surprisingly a lot of people don't get that from what i've seen on twitter people think that or not everyone but some people some new traders think that there is an additional um thing working in the background that causes prices to go up and down whereas it is literally people buying and selling and, and that's it um the other thing they can do is to do like a staggering market, staggered marketing process when people sign up. So you sign up um, on the first day, you receive your welcome email. On the second day, you receive an additional email which explains to you about media buzz. Next day, you receive something that explains it to you about performance buzz. Next day, you receive. So it's like little, little, little bits of marketing, just small amounts of information over like a, like a one-week or a two-week period because if you – if you whack all the rules, yeah, because if you whack all the rules in front of someone straight away, you scroll to the bottom, agree terms and conditions, continue, bosh, and you're away type thing. But if you give small little snippets of information that fit on just one screen, whether it be desktop or mobile, people will be more likely to have a little read while you're on the train, you're just checking your emails. It's like, oh, I've got another one from Football Index. What's this? It explains to you about performance buzz and here's a link to the scoring matrix type thing. Like, for me that type of stuff is really simple and it keeps them um neutral to the whole situation and doesn't tell when people to trade in trade in and yeah out I, I really i really do like that idea but um i'm afraid that i think we've run out of time here chaps and i don't want to keep you <laughs> any longer on a, on a sunday afternoon but um so where, where can people find out more about you bonza it's a handle bonza underscore bets or um bonza underscore index um just like to say thank you very much for having us on again um fig and um yeah thank you yeah thank you no worries man it's been a it's been a pleasure uh what about yourself ldn yeah so twitter handle is a footy index ldn and um just before just before we sign off um just want to give a quick shout out to rc who's Uh, taken a bit of a step back from the index he he helped me a lot and changed my perspective on how to trade and i probably wouldn't have made as much money as I have without his advice. So just wanted to say thanks to him and good luck with his, uh, his exams that he's taking for his job. I think, I think we will miss RC for his, um, for his help and guidance, um, especially new traders at the time. Only thing I'd say I wouldn't, won't miss is his photo library and some of the, um, some of the photos he decides to uh, tweet out. But yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, good, good luck with the exams. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, very good luck to RC, someone who, who kind of uh, basically introduced me to football index back in uh first i mean i first spoke to him in in, in probably june 2016 uh so, so quite a while there and uh yeah one of the the, the first people i told about uh, my kind of fig idea and and he was he was very happy to help with it uh, along the way so f- shout out to him but yeah thanks thanks for everyone that's that's listened and i really want to say a massive thank you for for the response to the beginner's guide video that i put out the other day i think it got something close to fifty thousand impressions which basically means fifty thousand people have 
have seen that tweet um 100 likes like 70 retweets whatever so i want to thank every single person who's who's helped push that and then shared it with their mates etc already has uh, a view from sweden views from ireland uh, views from canada so you know this kind of stuff is, is massive for me and you know more so the platform really uh but you know if you haven't already subscribed and got uh, gone over to the youtube channel please do uh i want to try and make that another a hub of knowledge as well as this uh podcast so do go over to the youtube channel give that a like uh on some of the videos and, and do subscribe and yeah if you've not already subscribed to the podcast then what are you waiting for <laughs> um and yeah if, if you do want to take like a couple minutes out of your time to, to give this a review I, I love do i really do love reading those reviews and you know they really help rank the podcast uh in those itunes charts and gets the football index name a bit more out there so uh yeah r.i.p vaney and uh thanks very much everyone for listening